Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Laura Murillo, President of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Happy to recognize another one of our Houston legends. You may have seen her on television doing really important work for our city of Houston. She's going to talk to you a little bit about her role as chair of Metro. We're going to talk about her career and some of the great things that Metro is trying to do here in our city. Please welcome Karen Patman. Congratulations. Thank oh, thank you, Laura. Well, I see you all the time at press conferences, in meetings, just trying to make Houston a better place to live. You've given uh, so much to the city in a variety of different volunteer capacities, but most certainly this is a very notable one, and that is serving as chair of Metro. Lots of big decisions to make. So let's start talking a little bit first about Metro, your role, and what's on the horizon for Metro. Well, I am the board chair, and I'm the first woman board chair appointed by Mayor Turner because uh, he, in part, wanted to break that barrier. And so that's been a blessing for me because it is a very, very challenging role, and I've found that it there are just innumerable ways you can serve the community in the role. But our signature initiative right now, of course, is the bond referendum we have on the ballot November 5th. Okay. So I'm devoting time at the agency and then time away from the agency in the political campaign part of it, yes. advocating for passage. Well, tell us about that. People hear bond and they think money and they think, okay, what are we doing? So. Let's talk about that. What would this bond do to make transportation better? The bond is for $3.5 billion, borrowed over at least two decades in reasonable increments that take into account our capacity and agency as at the time. And what it will do is it will substantially build out our system to plan for the region's burgeoning population growth. As you know, we're going to hit at least 10 million people by 2040. And Metro carries so many people now at peak times and other times, but at peak times without Metro, the congestion would be even more difficult and crippling than it is. So if we don't plan for that population growth, you're going to see all the worst effects of congestion, traffic bleeding off into the neighborhoods, people unable to efficiently get to their jobs, to health care, to recreational opportunities, to education. So it's really just essential that to deal with the population growth coming our way that we build out the transit system and that's what this does. So for most people they see the bus line, they see that, they see Metro Rail, but what other options are there within this you know, opportunity with the bond? Well we do something new uh, for 75 miles 
We are doing bus rapid transit, which is a technology that's come into the fore, really, in the last 15 years, and it's bus lines that operate like rail lines. They're in dedicated lanes. They have traffic signal priority. You have stations, not stops. The doors of the cars open flush with the platform like a rail car would. It's just a more seamless ride, and it's one-third to one-half the cost of rail. And so we use that in a lot of corridors, even some that many years ago were envisioned for rail lines. Then we extend the rail where it makes sense. For example, we already have an investment in the rail lines out east and out southeast, the okay. green and purple lines. Mm -hmm. So we connect those two lines, take them to nearby Hobby Airport. So we finally have a rail connection to one of our airports. And by the way, we have rapid transit in the form of the Metro Rapid or Bus Rapid Transit up to Intercontinental as well. So those are some of the highlights of the plan. And let me emphasize that you said people think about money. Um, no new taxes under this plan. No new taxes. We pay for it simply over the term by amortizing the debt and uh, without costing the taxpayers anything. Well, that's a very important point mm -hmm. and also important as we think of opportunities for the Houston area, mm -hmm. such as the World Cup in 2026 yes, yes, and yes. bidding for conferences and conventions. So can you talk a little bit about how this does, in fact, impact decisions made by others, whether or not they bring these conventions, these sporting events to our area? Well, you see it now. Um, conventions and sporting events rely heavily on the existing rail system. I mean, we carry a million people a year to the rodeo. The Super Bowl could not have moved the number of people that were moved to the Super Bowl without us. And so we're essential to all of these special events, the Red Line downtown particularly. And so I think that it, it's interesting because folks look for that. I was involved in... Uh, a recent pitch to actually it was to get the Democratic National Convention here this year and we did not get it but although I will say I really think they thought our logistics were superior to the other cities but a big component of that was transit that everything was right there on the rail line and so as we develop these lines of bus rapid transit, which we think will do pretty much the same thing, along with uh, a little bit of additional rail, suburban commuter service, enhancing all of that, I think it's a definite lure for conventions. You know, when Amazon looked at locating its, one of its headquarters here, they said, we want rail, and so the site chosen to pitch to them was on the rail line. Perfect. And right. So I think it's, 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 it's vital to have rapid transit. And again, we don't uh, think that rail is necessarily the only rapid transit technology that can work well. We think bus rapid transit being less expensive and doing the same thing is an even better investment for most corridors. Well, we'll continue our conversation here with the chairman of Metro. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Houston Legends. I'm Dr. Laura Murillo, presidency of the Houston Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. We are here to recognize one of our own, and she's Karen Patman. She's been doing a phenomenal job here in the Houston area. Specifically, currently, she serves as chair of Metro, but she has decades of experience, including serving as a partner at Bracewell and just 
a litany, a long list of community service. So thank you for all of that. Well, we thank know, you. Well, we know me. how important it is to uh, give back to the community, and certainly your well, work. Well, you certainly do that. Well, we try hard at the chamber, you most do. definitely. We absolutely do. And looking at your credentials in terms of your education and all the things that you've been able to accomplish, we're always curious about uh, the impact that others had on you as you were growing up to to serve as that example. So tell us a little bit about your family, your parents, and what some of those lessons were that brought you here today. Well, I grew up in a family of public servants. Yes. My dad and both of my grandfathers served in elected office, and my mother was very active in Democratic Party politics. So the political process and community involvement were just part of my growing up years. I was involved with political campaigns from the time I was four and licked my first stamp in my dad's first election in 1960. And so serving the public and a public-spirited attitude was just part of the way I was brought up, and I'm very lucky. And I was also given many, many advantages and opportunities um, that, frankly, a lot of people don't have, and so it's very much incumbent on me to, uh, to, to, to give back. I'm very well aware of that. So first job, what was your first job? My first job was as a typist. Okay. <laughs> that, that was, was a, a very good one, you too. You know what? That was a, an important job to have and skill set for it sure. Was. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad, when I was growing up, he wanted me to be able, it was very, very important to him that I be able to have a way to support myself, that I wouldn't have to get married if I didn't want to. I wouldn't have to, if, if, if there were financial reverses in our family, that I would be able to support myself. And so his first thought was I could be a crack secretary. So I went and learned typing. I was a very fast typist. And then he got the idea, wait a minute, why don't you go to law school? Okay. So law school books started popping up all over the house. And so SAT books, LSAT books, and ultimately I did go to law school and it was a great decision. And, and talk to us about becoming a partner. Not an easy feat. Well, it was it, it, being uh, at a big law firm downtown in that era was challenging. At Bracewell is a wonderful, inclusive place, but there just weren't that many of us when I started. And so there was a diff completely different standard. There was sort of the attitude of, well, you know, why do you want to be a lawyer? You, <laughs> you could get married and that sort of thing from some of the older folks. But then over time, I proved myself and they did make me a partner. And then ultimately, I was elected the first woman to the management committee, that, which meant a great deal to me. And there, I was able to truly help advance other women in the law firm. And that was a very meaningful aspect to me of being a partner there. Well, and speaking of which, you've been recognized by a variety of different groups, including the Women's Chamber. And you've been out there as a role model to so many. What would you have to say to young women today who are just entering you know, a professional career? Well, I just think you have to bring determination, not let temporary setbacks or misimpressions or gender bias, which does still exist, it's just a little bit more subtle, don't let it get you down. Go ahead, as the phrase goes, lean into the experience and just work really hard and I believe that the opportunities are just abundant. You don't want to go in naive because even, gosh, I started in the law firm over 35 years ago and it was just a completely different climate because people just weren't used to 
having as many women. Now there are a lot of women in the profession. But you will encounter um, subtle gender bias and assumptions that men don't encounter, and you just have to push through that and not get your feelings hurt, not feel the slight, just push through it. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's really true is that it's a different type of bias. Mm -hmm. It is very subtle. And often, as women, we think there's no one to share this with or whether or not it's going to have unintended consequences. What do you say to the women that are in the situation where perhaps they are being discriminated against or suffer some of the uh, scrutiny that perhaps their male counterparts don't? Well, one thing I think you can do is if you, and I had one, some wonderful female mentors, but I also had some great male mentors. And I also, as I got more confident, was able sometimes to point out to them, you know, uh, you don't realize it, but the way you treat me in a meeting with clients is tacitly undermining. You don't mean it that way at all, but just the perspective, um, it comes off that way. And it was a teachable moment, and they learned. I mean, when I was on the management committee, I learned that the compensation system, because there was sort of an all-boys network, you know, they were more prone to think men deserved a bumping compensation. And if you pointed out a woman partner whose numbers were the same and said, wait a minute, she deserves to go up too, they go, you're right, she does. So it's just a matter sometimes of pointing these things out in a polite, kind way. You don't want to put somebody on the defensive because most people don't think that they have those biases. It just has to be gently uh, and perhaps with some humor pointed out to them. With a velvet glove. With a velvet glove. That's That's exactly right. right. Well, Karen, thank you for all that you do. Congratulations on all of your accomplishments and good luck with the bond. Thank you very much, Laura. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And we recognize again Karen Patman as one of our Houston legends. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. 
That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.